Anybody here know Luke, by any chance? I, I maybe just say that, um, you know, Luke said he had behavioral issues. He's still got a bit of an attitude because he's a, a Miami Heat fan, so <laughs> I just kind of a personal thing there. But uh, honest, seriously, if, if you get to know Luke, um, it, you truly do see the work of Christ in his life and the things he talked about. It's really, it's an awesome deal to see the grace of God working because he's a very kind and um, very thoughtful person, very caring in many ways. Well, I'm doing uh, today with, something today with today's sermon that's first in my 38 years of preaching. I, not only did I not write this sermon alone, but I'm not going to give it alone. And that's why I've got Kyle Cheatham up here with me this morning. He wrote this sermon with me. And he's going to give it with me today. Excited about that. And here's why I'm doing this. Kyle's part of a, of a small group of guys that I, I'm leading on Thursday morning. And one of the things that I did with these guys last year is show them uh, how to do what Kyle and I are going to talk about today and again next Sunday. And that's how to prepare yourself to, to have conversation with other people about your faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, if you were to ask any one of these guys, they would say it was probably the hardest assignment that they had last year in, in our time together, and they did great with it. It was just fun to see, uh, you know, when they were going through it, how uh, intimidating it could be to actually say what they're saying in front of uh, the rest of us. But the, the reason I've asked Kyle to, to do what he's doing with me today is because our small group really benefited in a big way from what is Kyle's expertise you could say that, that Kyle's a two-career guy. He's, he's an eye doctor, but Kyle and his wife, Melissa, also own an educational uh, company that trains uh, eye doctors how to pass the, their big exam that they've got to take before they can actually begin to practice uh, at being an eye doctor. And uh, it's an exam that basically covers over eight years of, of higher level education. It's similar to a bar exam for, for attorneys, so it's a very big deal. Kyle and Melissa also lead a team of, of doctors who read all the new studies that come out each year, and from this, they, they develop an organized curriculum that relays all the, all the information needed by doctors so that they can, they can stay up to date in what's the latest uh, medical advances, you know, in, in their area of expertise. In short, for what's relevant this morning, Kyle runs a company that specializes in taking large amounts of information, condensing it down into something that's, that's organized, that has structure, and it's packaged in a way that it's memorable for people, which is exactly what's needed for us to be able to share our faith well with other people. And, you know, a, a huge part to make this happen for us is, is for us to be able to organize what it is that we're saying so that there's, there's a logical flow and it makes sense to the person that we're talking with. And, and, and along with this, condensing it down into something that they can remember. So that after you've finished the conversation, they don't walk away going, now what was that? You know, what, what were you talking about? They, they can really remember it because it's been so logical and it's been a, in a flow to it. And that's, that's what Kyle is very good with doing. And that's why he's up here with me this morning. So today we're going to focus on telling your story, and we're, we're, going to, we're going to talk about two main things, how to write it and how to use it. And if you've, if you've been here at Brookside for longer than, a, you know, one or two years, you know that, 
that I give at least one sermon a year on how to, how to be able to have a conversation with somebody else about your faith in Jesus Christ. But the one thing that I've never done is what we're doing today. I've never, I've never taken an entire sermon and devoted it to, to you know, how, how to tell your story, your own personal story, your, your journey story to faith in Jesus Christ. So we're excited to, to be able to do that this morning, hopefully to be able to equip you. And it's going to be fun at the very end. We're going we're gonna to give you uh, an assignment, something to do when you, when you leave here this morning, okay? Yeah. First yeah. of all, I'd say I, I do think this topic is very challenging. I think it's very intimidating. Um, I can say I've been a Christian for 14 years, and it's not till the last year, this past year, that I feel like I've, I've made some, some progress in that regard. And I can say I've been to sermons before, Steve, even some of your best ones, um, where I've left inspired and encouraged. And, but when it came down to it, honestly, um, the logistics of, of how to do this, um, which we're going to get into a lot on the next Sunday as well, how to do that sometimes left me paralyzed. You know, yeah. it just, I never took that step in some ways. And so one of the things I'm really encouraged about this morning is, you know, this past year, Steve's been leading our small group. He's broken down how to tell your story and also how to really share the gospel in an engaging way. And, uh, you know, Steve and I work out like we've, I know he's mentioned that before in sermons, which always embarrasses me. Um, uh, but we, we spend time doing Becky, that. Becky sent uh, a text to Kyle last night telling him that I, I was... I had try, just trying on some padding to wear underneath my, my shirt this morning. <laughs> and I replied back to her that I was working on trying to increase my spiritual intelligence so that somehow we could match up. You yeah. know, we both have our inadequacies, I guess. Um, Whoa! <laughs> sorry. I, I don't think I said anything about inadequacy. I'm sorry, I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. You're all right. Well, here we go. The first time I, up here, I'm a little nervous. You're in you trouble. Know. I didn't mean it. All right. I think um, we're going to bring a bar up here next week and compete on, on pull-ups. Uh, all right, well. The reality, the reality is <laughs> when we're working out, I mean, I've been working out with Steve for two years, and there's been times where I've seen him get in conversations with people in the gym, and I've thought, man, this would probably be really awkward and weird. And I mean, this is when he's got hardly any weight on the bar, and they still have enough respect where he's, he's like making some connections, right? Seriously, he's getting Yeah, stronger. now they listen. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. But the, in all seriousness, though, yeah, seriously. Um, spending that time with him and just sitting down asking questions and hearing how he do, does this, seeing how he does this, is very different than I would have thought. And I think, you know, he's gifted yeah. in a lot of ways, but I think your number one gift as a pastor, your, your best thing that you do really, really well is being able to have conversations that are engaging, that make sense, that are logical, that people are attracted to. And so the fun part about this challenge for me, and I can say our company does take lots of information and trying to distill it down. This is a hard one. I mean, this is a really challenging yeah. one. The fun part about it is, to me has been trying to get in, inside your brain to see how you think about it because I've got people in my life that I really care about, that I mm. want to be able to yeah. do this with, and it bothers me that I haven't been better. And so one of the things, just to get into the logistics of this, one of the things that I think about is, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to blow it. I'm afraid yeah. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm afraid I'm going to do more harm than good. And I know that you're aware of this. I know that you're aware a lot yeah. of us feel this right. way. And Absolutely. so uh, how would you respond to that? I mean, yeah. what would you say about that? First well, of all? first of all, just to know, you to know, every time I do it, there's a bit of intimidation with it. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of anxiety, you know, and how's this going to go? So I, I can, you know, I understand that whole, that whole deal, and it, and, and, it, and it is a challenge. There's no doubt about it. It's a challenge having a conversation with somebody about your faith. And so that, that's one of the reasons Kyle and I have been praying our heart out for these two Sundays because we know the stakes are so high with this. 
I mean, and, and here's, here's really what, what it is. It's, it's for each one of us to have that privilege of seeing the power of God's love unleashed in the lives of people that we know. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I want all of us to be able to have those conversations and be able to see that kind of thing happen in the, lo in, in the life of, of someone that we, that we talk with. Now, let, me, let me also say this. If you've chosen to be here today and, and you're new to church and, and you're wondering if it's really possible to know God and to have a relationship with God, I am so thankful that, that you're here this morning to hear what we have to say, and I hope you'll come back next Sunday. And if there's one thing that I, that I hope for you, it's, it's for you to be able to, to leave this place this morning at least one step closer to knowing that God is deeply involved in your life. Mm -hmm. in, in, in a very personal way, God loves you, and, and I can tell you, God wants the absolute best for you. And that really, I mean, that really sums it up what, what the message is that we're talking about. It's, yeah. it's God's love and that God wants the best for you. So, yeah, absolutely. So, Steve, right, if we're Kyle. sitting in the audience and we're thinking, okay, take us through the basics on this. Again, this is something you've done for years. If we're going to distill it down into the basics on where we would start, because I know this is something you've told me, you know, you think about almost every day. It's on your mind as you're in conversations. I think that's a, that's a pretty far high level compared to where most of us might be. Yeah. So let's break it down in a way that makes sense. Can we start yeah. from the basics? Yeah, so... Uh, uh, there, there's, there's three that I'm gonna we're going to cover very quickly in about two, three minutes. And then this Sunday and next Sunday, we're, we're, this Sunday we're going to talk about telling your story. And we're going to be there in a minute. And, and then we're going to talk next Sunday about uh, telling God's story, the, the gospel. So can I clarify on this yeah. for a second? Yeah, So you're sure. saying there's five main things. Five main things. Five main things. And we're going to do three of them really fast right v now. Very fast. And then the next two, the four and five, are going yeah. to be this weekend and next week. Next week. Okay? So uh, the, the first one is prayer. Uh, yeah. So, Stephen, I know in several times in sermons we've, we've heard you talk about how you, you have in your mind, a, you've actually written them down, a list of people that you really care about. In a journal. You, in a journal, yeah. Yep. Um, Lord knows that's, you love the journal. Yep. Um, but you've told me in side conversations, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's in a journal. It could be on your iPhone, like in the notes portion. It could be in your computer. It could be anywhere that you're going to see it daily. You're going to see these people and pray for them because you care so much about them, right? right. But right. bottom line is it's about a list that you can see. There's nothing necessarily magical about a journal. Nothing, nothing necessarily magical, though it is, it's the best way to do it, the journal. Be, yeah. okay. That's right. I knew it was coming. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. If iPad anything. All right, but it's that you, that you actually have a list, and, and I, even it, when I say list, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Mm -hmm. I'm not, this isn't, isn't like we would go around and go, well, look at my list. Whoa, you know, I've got a thousand people on my list, you know. It, it's, it has, it's not the list. It's, I, I don't want anybody to misunderstand that. It, yeah. it all comes, I have a list of people that I love dearly. Okay, it's all about people that I care for, and I, I absolutely do not want to forget any single one of them. That's why I've written their names down, and that's why literally in prayer, I'm looking at that, at those names, and, and, and I'm praying. Um, the, the other thing with this that's really connected, it might be that as you're writing that list, or even before you even begin writing it, there's something else you need to pray, and that is to pray and ask God to give you a love for people. 
you know, to love people as much as God loves people, to care that deeply for the spiritual lives of, uh, of people. And you've heard, if you've been at Brookside very long, you've heard, you've heard me tell you about how, when, how this all started for me the, the summer before my senior year in high school. Mm. And I had not been telling anybody about my faith in Christ. I hadn't been living it. And I knew that there had to be like first things first. And so I spent a whole summer, and I kid you not, literally night after night on my knees by my bed asking God to give me his love for my friends so that I would love them enough that I would be willing to take the risk to talk to them about, about my faith in Christ and maybe, maybe even lose their friendship by caring for them that much. So that might be where you need to begin. Number two is spending time with people who do not have a relationship with Christ. I mean, you got to spend time. You're never going to have anybody that you're going to be able to write their name down and begin praying for them if you're not building relationships with people. So it's so important that, that, that you do that. Number three, that you're in Scripture in a, on, a, on a consistent and daily basis. And Kyle and I have talked about this so much even over the last two years, how important the value of Scripture in, in a person's life is. And... and, and and we talked about it again this week. And I, I love how Kyle said it to me. And I'm just going to read what he said. He's, he said, you need scripture in your life daily to fill your love for God and your love for people and give you the courage to share your faith with other people. It's true. You've got to be in scripture I think daily. A, you know? I think an even better quote than that um, came this week in a conversation I had on Friday night with a friend of mine. I called him about a computer issue I had. Was, he's in my small group about 10 o'clock at night. We were talking. He said, I had the most amazing conversation today. And he was, he was really excited about it. He said, you know, I've, I've really been thinking about this person, very, very close person in his life, family member, that he's wanted to share his faith with. And he said, I've always thought it was going to be so intimidating. I, I thought it was going to be so difficult. And he said, and today when I was talking to him, I had to pull off my car on the side of the road. And when I was talking to him, it came so much more natural. And he said, because... This year, he's been reading through yeah. the Bible, and he said yeah. it was just literally oozing out of him. And he couldn't believe how easy it was. Yeah. It was an encouragement to me, I thought, and really relevant for this morning. And it's so true. Because we don't want to get right into telling our story and, and getting to God's story like that's all that matters. There's got to right. be some foundation that allows those to be effective. Effective. Absolutely. Thanks. So, yeah. again, this week we're going to focus on telling our story, and that's what we're going to work on now. Um, you know, in our Thursday morning group, most of the guys that were in that group, um, and I, I know I see several of them here this morning, um, you know, we had to start from scratch. I mean, we had never done this before. We're not certainly standing up here as some experts. It was a, it was a process. And the, the thing that Steve and I learned in going through that, and I've learned, is that um, there is structure that needs to, to, to happen to allow this to be effective. And so one of the challenges you're going to see in a minute is we're going to leave you with a challenge today where you yeah. literally go and, and spend 20 minutes working on the structure we're going to talk about here in just a second. To, I really want to give it, make it be practical and tangible. Um, but one of the things that, uh, that I want to show you is just right off the bat here, we're going to look at, at what's the starting point? What's the very starting point? I can say my wife and I and our company, we go around the country teaching. And the number one thing, even some of these guys have been in school for eight years, they love the most basic diagrams. Yeah. I mean, it can be on like a kindergarten level. And they would love to see something visual that they'll never forget, something really easy. Like I literally have a diagram I draw where all the blood in the eye goes from the eye to the heart. And I literally draw the heart and the diagram. And they, they love that part. And so and it's that easy. Well, I bet you're really good at that too, right? <laughs> no, it's yeah. enthralling too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's look at the diagram here for a second. The question, first of all. Here's the question, because I think the reality is, um, well, let me, let me mention the question first. It says, before you were a Christian, what was your view of God? And I loved how Steve did this, because after we look at what our view of God was, 
And for me, it was that it was impossible to please him. After we, after we identify what that is, it might take you a minute or two or five minutes. But what was your view of God? After you look at that, it leads to, again, the next part. How did this view of God lead to how you viewed yourself? Yeah. And so for me, God was impossible to please. So I felt like God was not a loving God. I felt like he was mad at me all the time. And Steve, just as an aside, I know yeah. that we've talked about before, a lot of times it's when we look at this, the question is, and many of you have already done your story before, it's, what was your life before Christ and after Christ? And, right. and we wanted to identify something, and you're going to see it's a basic little diagram in a minute, that goes a tad bit deeper but is simpler. Because I think the reality is, first of all, um, Sometimes we get into questions or get in conversations with people sharing our faith, and we're talking about the fact, like for me, I used to be anxious, but I want to be able to go deeper with that and talk about how that relates to them. And, and, and asking right. this question and answering, I think, really helps it. Yeah, and, I, and, and the thing about it that I, that's so, I think is powerful is you've got to deal with God first. And, and, and it's, it's just true over and over again. How somebody views God affects how they view themselves. So the, it, 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 gives, it gives you more to work with than just simply before and after mm -hmm. kind, of, kind of a deal. So. I think the other elephant in the room, Steve, is that there's a lot of people that, that and we're going to talk about this later on, that, that don't have a before, okay? Yeah. And so if you're thinking that, like, if you became a Christian at age five or something, there was a, a gal that came up after the first service, and she said, the whole time, Kyle, you were talking about this, I was tuning you out. <laughs> She's really nice. Um, she said, because I was thinking, another, another sermon on testimony where they don't get to the elephant in the room, which is, I don't have a before. And we're going to talk yeah, about absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to make sure no one else is thinking that. Okay, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought he forgot stuff. All right. Okay. So, so let, let, me, let me just give you some quick examples of viewing God, viewing yourself. Because that's really the, the easy way to remember it. View God, view yourself. Viewing God. So, and this, this really, these examples come from my own experience in talking with people. All right. So, for example, I've talked with, with people who view God as impersonal distant, uninvolved in the human race, and it really makes them indifferent toward God. And, and, and they would say, and they've said it to me, is that they would see that they needed to take control of their life. So they would describe their view of themselves, I'm, I'm in control, in control kind of a deal. Or I've talked with people who would say they view God as an authority, okay, someone they respect. I mean, they, no question about that, but just an authority, just someone they respect. Nothing that seems very personal about God. And so what they would say is that they would always feel like they had to somehow earn God's approval, okay, because God was, oh, God's God. God's so much an authority. Mm -hmm. God's, so, God's so holy. God's so good. But I, you know, what am I going to ever do to be able to measure up to what God wants me to be? Or, or another one is to uh, view God as, as someone who people made up, okay? And you might even have felt this one at some point. Someone that people made up to, uh, and followed so that they could feel better about themselves and their own lives. Kind of like God, they would describe God as a crutch. That might mm -hmm. be their view of God as a crutch. And, and, and that person would view themselves as that they're a self-made person. They don't need God. They don't need anybody in a certain sense. They're self-made. Okay? So those are just some, sure. some quick examples of viewing God, viewing yourself. And remember, kind of the deal. purpose of this is I don't know if you guys have ever done your testimony, your story, excuse me, before. 
Steve told me if I said that word, he was going to be upset with me. He said, you never say the word testimony, Testimony is right? not. I'm going to give my testimony. That will just kind of blow somebody away. Okay, testimony? Woo. Where are we? Where are we? But anyway, yeah. Um, but the reality is, I don't know if you've ever done this process before. How many times do you start off a situation and say, when I was a little boy, and go through? It just doesn't happen. And so one of the things in talking to Steve about this is being able to have a very simplistic way to view this. I, I'm going to, I think a good way to think about this is the word trigger points. After you have these, these keys down, and we're going to look at the second question now, we'll have just a little box. And after you have that box, these serve as trigger points when you're in a conversation with someone. Because I don't know if you feel this way where your hands might be, you might get nervous and all this. And, and having a key structure in your mind, I think, is really, at least for me, very essential. So let's look at the yeah. next question. The question is, after asking Christ to lead your life, how did your view of God change? How did this new view of God change how you viewed yourself? So again, for me, my view of God changed from him being impossible to please to once I actually, I didn't never realize that the Bible spelled out so clearly that when I realized that what God had done for me in sending, out, sending Jesus, that I no longer viewed him as impossible to please, but a loving God. And so how that changed, next question, this view of myself is, is now, instead of viewing God that way, I realized that I had peace in my life. No we longer. could actually show it on that box, right? Yeah. You want to yeah. bring up the four boxes, and there, you can see that there's Kyle right up there, right, Kyle? Yeah. It's me exposed. Yeah. So, so the reality of this, um, and again, I think this would be something if you, if you really want to, if, if you have someone in your life and you think, I really want to get good at this, this is a, a very basic way to start. It gives you structure. And again, you might be skeptical and saying, that's really going to help you. I can tell you, this week in a conversation, three of these points came up in a conversation. And for the first time in 14 years, I'm like, wow, I think I, I mean, actually helped the person understand things because I had structure in my mind. So your before was God's impossible to please, and after, and, and, and then how you viewed yourself anxious, and then after you saw God as loving God, and, and now you have peace and purpose. That's right. Correct? All right. So just to simplify all of it in your mind, if you're leaving here today and you're like, I kind of remember that box, the bottom line is it's view God, view yourself. Yeah. Okay, look at God first and look at yourself both before and after, but as we uh, talked about, yeah. Steve, go ahead. I'm sorry. No. Go ahead. No, well, I just, I, you know, I want to back that up. I, I just think it's, it's an awesome way to do it. I've always talked about going through the gospel, what we're going to talk about next week, doing, you know, writing things down on paper and do it. I, I, you know, I do that all the time, but I've never thought about actually doing it with your story because we are so visual. Yeah. And so anything you can do that uses more than just your voice, writing something down and, and doing that with that four boxes, man, they're just, not only will, I mean, it's something they can actually take with them. Okay, so it makes it makes it so easy for them to remember. I, it was fun for me. I, I, you know, I've told my story a million times, you know, but I've never really sat down and structured it in a certain, like we've done here. And it was fun for me to sit down and do that. So mine is kind of an interesting twist. It's it's different than 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 maybe a lot of people. I don't know, but I grew up in a in a home and and I went to a church that was really like everything you you could hope it would be. Uh, uh, the church uh, helped me understand who, who God really is, and, and my parents, you know, totally. It's like the church backed my parents up with that. My parents totally understood. And, and how, so my view of God as I, as I grew up, if you, if you had those boxes up there, how, my view of God was that God was holy and loving. That was, I, I mean, I just, I just thought good of God. 
You know, I didn't have any bad feelings toward God. I wasn't feel distant from God. Uh, I just thought, you know, God is holy and God's loving. I'm, and I'm so grateful that I grew up that way. But you, you, know, you, you, know, you know what I did with that? My view of myself, as I look back on that, I was self-willed. I was stubborn because for, for quite a few years in my life, it was like, God, I know, I know you're holy and I know you're loving, but I want to live my life without you, okay? So I was self-willed. Uh, so it was fun doing that, you know, and, 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 and work that out. So, man, I, I just think it's great. And what did you say, Steve, after you did that? Because this is just for, I mean, this was last night, right? Yeah, well, I actually sat down and did it. Yeah, it was so like, ah. After you did that, did you find that what was in your box, because this is very simple, right? Yeah. Did you find that what was in your box is the stuff you've used in conversations? Over with? and over again. Over and over Good. again. And Good. people connect with it. People connect with it. Yep. 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 Um, you know, my wife and I were talking this week, and we were at Laszlo's sitting down, um, getting ready to eat lunch, and uh, I was kind of going through this, this view of God, view of yourself, and um, she, she brought up a really good point in saying, you know, she, she became a Christian at age five. She said, you know, I think Becky, Becky. was nine. Nine, yeah. Nine years old, and she said, you know, my before, like that whole thing is kind of, she said it in a real sweet way, because <laughs> she's really sweet, but she said, my before, there's not a lot there, you know, and, and one of the things that really hit me about that is... I think uh, for a lot of us, when we look at ourselves, a different question, if you're sitting in the audience, you're thinking that. I think a different way to look at that whole thing, let's put it up here, actually on the diagram, uh, is with Christ and without Christ. Let me explain just for a second. I think all of us, if if you're sitting here right now and you're thinking, what are the natural tendencies I have when I'm at my worst? Like, let's say you're you're a believer in Christ, but you'd say, yeah, it's not, I mean, we're not all like Steve that's necessarily at our full throttle all the time. Let's say we have moments where we're lower and moments where we're higher, and we'd say, my natural tendency for me personally is to be this type of person. Like, for me, the answer is selfish. Um, my natural tendency is to be very selfish. And so I, it's, it's, it's helpful for me to look at that and say, but with Christ, this is, this is who I can become. But yeah. the relevance of this for my wife was, as she was looking at this, as she said, my natural tendency for me is to be someone who likes to control things. And in terms of application, you know, she's leading a Bible study in our, in our neighborhood, and there's seven people in this Bible study, and, and they're all non-believers. And they're all, you know, coming to her. She's kind of the rock in the neighborhood, which is really cool. I'm so proud of her. But in this situation, when they come and talk to her, many of them are going through divorces. Huh. They're going through things where their life is kind of out of control. And, and I think sometimes when we share our faith, when we have these trigger points in our mind, at least for me, the tendency, I think, in the past would have been, I want to show them that I really have my act together. I want to yeah. show them that I, yeah. that I really, I'm, I, I've overcome a lot of this stuff through God's help. And right. the reality is what you've taught me and the value of this and what's going on with my wife is it's really valuable to be able to, um, to, be able to relate to them in a yep. way to say, yeah, that's, that's exactly who I would have been without right. Christ. Right. And that just gives so much glory to God and also, I think, helps relate what's, what's going on with them to your own personal life where you can connect with them. Yeah, yeah. That's the value of that whole thing to it's, me. It's, a, it's, a, it's another great way to do it. Uh, and it's, it's like you, you, you look at your life and you say, you know what? Without Christ, this is what would be true of me. But with Christ, this is what's happened. I mean, I, I, I think probably every one of us can think of our own on that. And, you know, for me, uh, 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 and it's probably not a surprise to some of you, but I, I can be very impatient. Um, and, uh, and, and one of the things that sometimes goes with being impatient, I mean, you know, there's different scenarios you can be in. Like when you're in traffic, you know, and the light, I don't, you know, like you're trying to figure out why aren't all the lights green? 
they should always be green for me, you know, that kind of, just like the other night, we're sitting at an intersection, of, was, it wanted to be someplace, we were late, and I was just doing my normal, impatient kind of stuff, and, and Becky, you know, in her suite, if you know Becky, she's so sweet, she, she said to me something like, you know, why don't you grow up, you know, that, you know, something, something like that, you know, and, and but, 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 but where it really gets serious for me is when, when I, when I lose control in my, my impatience and I, I really start to act it out. And one, one of the ways that I, that, that I really acted it out uh, before Christ it really was a big part of my life was profanity. And grew up on a farm, worked with machinery. Mm. And some of you remember, I, I think it was last <laughs> Sunday, I told this, I mean, last year I told this story about how, how uh, 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 a while back that profanity surfaced again, like out of the clear blue. I lost my impatience one day, I got mad, and I mean, it just all came out of my mouth, just like, whoa, where'd that come from? You know, I haven't said that for a long time. And, and then I just had a, a period of time where I just struggled with it. And so I, I don't know if you remember, but I walked into Jeff Dart's office one day, and I said, here's a $100 bill, Jeff, you see this? And then I told him what I'd been doing, and I said, next time, next time I lose control and I, and I swear like that, I'm walking in here and you have $100. Jeff okay? told me he loved that Jeff day. Jeff smiled. He, he loved that day. That was great. He loved know? it. Swear, Steve, swear. No, no, he didn't he say that. He got he his 100 bucks, though. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he got uh, his 100 bucks. He did get his 100 bucks because I did blow it again. <laughs> and... But I got to tell you, that, that, that's what we're talking about here. You know, that, that's without Christ, that's what I would be, you know. And there's other ways you can act out impatience that are, that are every bit as serious, if not, not more serious. Okay, so yeah, it's a great way to do it. <laughs> I, I read something this week about a guy who, he said, before Christ, I was a boring, rich guy. Yeah. Yeah, after well. Christ, I mean, in, in, after Christ, I had significance. I had, a, I had a reason to use what God had given me. Yeah. And I mean, talk Beautiful. about just a trigger way to be able to talk to someone in an engaging way. And they're like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. I mean, that's the point of, I think, having trigger points so yeah. that when you're talking to someone, you can immediately take something, even a compliment or something. Yeah. Well, you don't know me before. That would have never been who I was like. The last thing we ever want to come across as is like, we're so spiritual. Yeah. Like, we've got it all together. You know, that, I mean, that just turns anybody off. Yeah. We've got to be real about who we are. And that, then it becomes, so, it becomes compelling. It becomes something people want because they, they see the genuineness in us. Yeah, yeah. So, Steve, this is kind of the, the foundation, the basics of the boxes, right? But we've talked about how a lot of times in conversations, stuff in the boxes will lead to, uh, to other things, right? Yep. Yep. And so I think one of the things Steve's really stressed is being able to write out your story, okay? Yep. And so one of the things I think is really important is that we can do it, though, in a really condensed way. And so if you've ever done this before, one of the big challenges, the big goals we're going to do this week is to start off with that foundation. You know, maybe it takes you 20 minutes at Starbucks or at home or something, right, of your Those boxes. four boxes. Yeah, that four boxes. And then the take another hour and a half, probably at most, to be able to write out your story in a hundred words or less. Yeah, very okay? important. A hundred words or less. And I think the reason why is because it really helps consolidate your yeah. thoughts clearly. And, and let's, let's just look at mine. This is my story in a hundred words or less. I'm a little bit verbose, so it took me about 20 minutes, 30 minutes just to keep narrowing it down. Because I had 150. I think it's funny. You just said this morning, you actually, it's an actual 100 words. It's exactly 100 <laughs> words. <laughs> I had 102 That's for a long funny, time. Man. You're anal. Okay. So, <laughs> thanks, Steve. <laughs> so, I grew up anxious, uh, uncertain about my future. I spent my life thinking God was mad at me and tried to earn his favor and acceptance. My life was all about two words, earn it. 
It was all about earning good grades, earning a solid reputation, earning a promotion. It was just logical to me that religion, and I would use that word when I was talking to someone. That's a word I think relates to people as opposed to to someone who doesn't know Christ. Because I think the real thing, the value is you want to constantly think about this as you're talking to someone who you want so badly to know the love of God. Yeah. It was just logical. To me that religion was the same way. But no matter how much I tried to please God, I always felt uncertain and skeptical. Then I met Christ. He has moved me from a life of uncertainty and anxiety into a life of purpose and significance. That's great. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Yeah, One little side note on this is, is after I went through this process, I suddenly, instead of having four trigger points in terms of what we talked about earlier with the view God, view yourself, to having a, a, a lot of other things really fresh in my mind. And it really helped me in a conversation this week to be able to immediately pull from this in a way that I'm not searching for words. I'm not nervous. It's just, it's just there because it's inbred and it's my story. All of us can tell our story. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, that's one of the things we're going to do with the Thursday group guys because I had them do the longer version of it, which I would say is also good to do because sometimes you will have a conversation with somebody. They may want to know mm-hmm. more about this, and you, so it's good to have thought, thought that through. But the best thing to have is the short version uh, because most of the time you're not going to have that long to talk. Plus, people don't want to know everything most of the time about your life. Like, you know, spare me the details kind of kind of thing. So you know what's really fun about this is how the Apostle Paul, and this is like a discovery for us. It's like the Apostle Paul did exactly the same thing in a letter that he wrote to the Christians in the city of Philippi, the book of Philippians. Um, and and he, it's like he filled in his own four boxes. And, and the way he did this was because he saw these people getting, getting led astray by false teachers who were telling them, you got to do this, you can't do that, in order for you to be able to earn God's forgiveness and have eternal life. And so they were starting to get away from the message of Christ. And, and so Paul tell, says, you know, that's the way I lived for many years. I was thinking it was what I did and what I didn't do that would make me right with God and, and earn God's forgiveness and be able to have eternal life. And, and, and Paul did this because his, what, what he would write in that first, uh, that first box, his view of God is that God was graceless, okay, graceless. He had a very hard view of God. And, and so, he, he, you know, there wasn't like anything loving about the God that he knew and that he tried to serve. And so he's always trying to earn his own way to this God. So here's what he wrote. It's just like right out of this. Um, so uh, Philippians chapter 3, he, 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 oh, by the way, you know, you, know, you know how he saw himself then? Since he had that view of God, the funny thing about Paul is how he viewed himself was he, he, he was arrogant. You could write the word in, he was proud, okay, because he thought he'd done everything. He thought, if anybody's earned his way to God, I have. Mm-hmm. So here's what he said. If anyone thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, or if anybody has reason to be confident in themselves, he said, I have more. I beat everybody on that one. And then he said, and then he gives a, thing, thing, a list of things that were important to the religion he was a part of. And in the first one, he said, he was circumcised on the eighth day. And as a guy, I'll give him credit for that one. Okay? And then he, and, and then, and then he went out and he said, and he, said he was of the, uh, of the people of Israel and, you know, kind of an elitist. I'm Jewish. Uh, he said, and, and as far as that, I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I was one of the best tribes. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He said, in regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. I taught the law. And, and then he said, as for zeal, I persecuted the church, which he thought was what God wanted him to do. And then he said, as far as for legalistic righteousness, following, fo- following the law, he said, I was flawless. I did what I should do, and I didn't do what I shouldn't do. At least he thought he did, okay? And then, and then when it turns, 
for him, and he meets Christ, and he becomes a follower of Christ, this is what he writes. He said, for whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. And so if we, if we fill out the four boxes with Paul, it would be like before his view of God is that God was graceless, his view of himself, he was proud, and then afterward his view of God is that God's gracious, loving, gracious, and then you know what his view of himself became? Does anybody remember how Paul described himself all the time when he wrote his letters? He said, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. I'm a servant. What a change, you know? That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, yeah. Steve, um, I'm going to have you summarize kind of the key <clears throat> thoughts, the, the number one value on why, why you would want the church to go and do this, okay? In our company, we talk a lot about the 80-10-10 rule. That 10% of people, maybe it's you guys on the front row, which I love how often you shake your head, thank you. <laughs> um, but 10% of people are going to do everything that, that, that you say, you know, in the audience. 10% of people are not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. And then 80% of the people are kind of on the fence. Am I really going to do this or not? What would you say to the 80 that are on the fence and yeah. saying, am I, going to, am I going to go out home and actually do this or not? Yeah, and I think the best thing to move you is from that 80 into the, you know, uh, is, is, is this is what I would do is why this is so important to write out your story is it, it, it's taking t the time to remember everything that Jesus Christ has done for you, you know? It's like, you know, and I, I want to tell you, it's a powerful experience. It, it can lead you into a personal time of worship. It, it really, it really does. You what know? do you mean by that, Steve? Well, it's, it's, like, it's like what happened to me. Um, I'm reading through the Bible again this year, and I was reading, uh, I'm reading the book of Leviticus, which is, you know, considered really a hard book, and, and, uh, and I was, again, it just, it just came home to me Friday morning as I was reading what, what Jesus Christ has made possible by his death on the cross and all those sacrifices that were made Animal after animal after animal, and how, you know how difficult that was, and to think of Christ took care of all of that on the cross. And I just found, I just found myself writing out in my journal, uh, my journal, <laughs> writing out in my prayer, and just thanking God for you know what Jesus Christ did for me. I was worshiping, um, you know, and I know Kyle, you've. You've experienced that, and you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, you know? I think that's, you know, if, if you're sitting down here thinking, I'm not going to do this no matter what, I would say the number one value, even if, and I hope you don't think that, but yeah. the number one value would be allowing it to sink in and yeah. just gaining a, such a deeper appreciation for what God's done yeah. for you. And, 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 and then what it does for you is that you're able to go out and you're able to speak with conviction and passion in your voice. I can just tell you, that, that is so important. It, 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 that, then you become compelling to the person you're talking with. Because if you go out and, and, you, and you have this conversation with somebody, you're just kind of like, you know, ho-hum, you know, like, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, you, know, you, could, you, know, you, could, you could tell when somebody's excited about something, right? That's what we're talking about here. But you only get passionate about it if, is if you're feeling it deeply in your own heart. 
I think it's a really yeah. big point because I used to think of you as someone who, when people were brought to Christ by you, it was because of all like the eloquence and your knowledge, like just that your knowledge, and I'm sure that's happened before, right? But you've told me so many stories of just being able to, to do the yeah. simple stuff that we're talking about yep. today, but simple, do it simple. with passion where you're yep. not searching for the words. Yep. You know, one of the things that we, we tell the, the instructors in our company a lot is, is that when you're speaking, when you're teaching, or when you're talking to someone else, any in the students we interact with, because we're so thankful for every single one of them that take our course, is that you've got to have this mindset that it's all about the audience all the time. Yeah. And the reality is the first year for them when they go through this, when our company, they, they're so worried about what they're saying and how they're saying it. And I don't think it's, it's going to yeah. take a year to get this down. But I'm saying that's their mindset that it's yeah. hard for them to pour into someone else because they're constantly searching and constantly kind of trying to figure out. They're trying to get past themselves. I right. think that's the best way to say it and get focused on the people in the audience. And that's why, you know, just taking the time and writing it down and then really learning it. So you can say it without looking at it on paper. And just being able to do that so well that when you're having a conversation with somebody, you don't, you know, your eyes aren't reversed looking back inside your head. You know what I mean, right? You, you, you know what I mean. And because and, people don't like to look at the backside of your eyes, you know. They, they, but, but really, it's, it's, it's just knowing so you know exactly what you're going to say. Uh, you don't have to figure it out. I, I, I want Kyle to tell you what happened to him this week because it validates everything that we've talked about this morning. And that is, you know, having your story written in a short, short and clear way, easy to understand, easy to remember, and doing it with conviction and passion. I mean, when Kyle told me this uh, Friday morning when we were working out, I, I just wanted to run around that place. I got so excited because this is what I want for everybody. Yeah. Well, I just want to reiterate, this is, um, th this, was, this is a really special moment that I feel like God just really put on a silver platter for us this weekend because this has been the struggle for many years, like I said, of my life to want to get better at this. Um, and I think the message of this I hope that you leave with is that it's something so simple. When you hear this, it's not going to be profound. The, the, um, the power of the story is not in the ending. It's not done yet. The power of the story is not in words that I spoke. The power of the story is, is exactly what you're talking about today of having, yeah. of having just the basics down of your story and the basics down about the gospel, which we'll get into next week, which I think he blows off the charts. I mean, literally, when Steve has explained this to us as a group, how he does it and how engaging it is, it's, it, it makes it so engaging for someone sitting down. That's that's why I can't wait to get to that. But bottom line is, I hope you think the power of this story is in the simplicity of it, that every single person in here can do it. Yeah. But, you know, the last couple of years, Melissa and I have developed a relationship with, um, with a contractor that works at our house. I'm going to call him John. Um, it's not his name, but uh, John has come over many times over the last couple of years. And um, I would say none of our conversations have ever gone past anything surfacey. It's just always been just very basic stuff. We've never had a spiritual conversation with him, although I've wondered several times, just kind of where he stands on that, yeah. just because just sure. I care for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, a couple days ago on Thursday night, he came in and he basically said, and I just asked how he was doing, and he said, it's been, um, things are going great. He, and I asked a couple other questions, and basically he said, um, over, the last, over the last year, his wife has lost two brothers, and it's also been tough because his daughter is now going to college, so it's been really challenging for his wife to have all this transition. Mm. And... Um, I just said, you know, Melissa and I have gotten to know you over the years and have really grown to care a lot about He's a nice guy, real nice manner, just someone you really care a lot about. And I said, you know, we've gotten to know you over the years, and you're just someone, I know this may sound odd, but we just really care a lot about yeah, you. It's just it's a great. real pleasure to have you in our house. And you meant that genuinely, Kyle, so oh. that's important to say, you know. And, and I said, you know, but I said to him, you know, this might sound odd, 
Um, but in our family, a big part of our life is our faith. And as I hear, heard you talking about what you were just saying to me, one of the things I was processing in my mind was just wondering, like, how are you, how are you handling this from a spiritual standpoint? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was really surprising to me because he opened up and he said, you know, honestly, first of all, he thanked me for asking the question, which kind of surprised me because I was expecting something awkward. Yep. And I um, see that over and over. People thank you. I just want to tell you that. Sometimes we expect the worst, and it's the very opposite. People, people really, more often than not, way more often than not, people are grateful that we even ask and talk, want to talk about that. So, yeah. yeah, and, you know, he had just went on to explain he had been away from church for a while, that this actually had been something that had been on his mind. And, and bottom line, there were some things from our story that came up. But the reality is what Steve has been telling me a lot, um, and what we're going to talk about next week, is the importance of just simply asking one question. And, and it's, when I talk my, told my wife about this later on, she was so excited, but she also made the comment like, man, this must have been kind of challenging. I thought, not really, because when I was looking at him, I really was thinking about him from a perspective of, you know, I really care about this guy. I yeah. want to know. And I just asked him the question, you know, John, if, if, um, if you were to die today, would you have absolute certainty that you're going to go to heaven? Mm-hmm. And um, he said no. And he yeah. said, um, I'm, he goes, you know, it, it has been bothering me. And, yeah. and long story short, what he said after that is he said, you know, I, I wish I could tell you right after that, he said, I accept Christ, and, and we all danced around in our house that night. But what he said was actually a little bit better than that because he said, um, yeah. I want to wait to have this conversation when my wife's here because she needs to hear this too. Yeah. Ah. I mean, that's, this is exactly what we're talking about. And it's, it, it honestly is that easy. And it's, it's so personal. It's so relational. And it's, I think so often, you know, we can talk with somebody and we don't take it to that next level. We can hear them express their struggles even. And I think sometimes even before, it's, it's asking the question, how are you doing? And then when they, if they respond back and they say, well, I'm not doing so well. It's not just saying, not just simply saying, well, I'll pray for you. But it's looking for a way to bring Christ into the conversation and help them understand what Jesus Christ can do for them. And this becomes most important when they express any fear of life after death. Um, And not just to leave it, but to ask the question that Kyle asked. Okay? And then next week we'll talk about how to talk that through. All right? So here's here's what we'd like to, here's our challenge for you, and then we're done. Um, We'd love to have you do this this week, or next week, but even better this week. Just jump into it right away. I'd like you to take the time to write your story in 100 words or less. And then we're going to show you that on our, on our website, if you go to the homepage, you'll see the, the story. That's the series we're doing. If you go down below, down underneath that black box there when you're on the website, at the very bottom, you'll see a, a, an address to send your story to. It's, it's office at Brookside or something like that, but it's way at the, at the bottom down there. Just click on that, write your story, Send it, send it to that email, but who's going who's gonna to look at it is Kyle and I, okay? And we would just love to read them. And, um, and, and I mean, that would, just, that would just be wonderful. It would be fun to get a bunch of them from you, okay? Um, so that's, um, that's what we'd love to have you do. And then on, on, the, on the green boxes on the side are different examples of stories of the guys from Thursday morning. And I... I still didn't find, I forgot to ask. I don't know what's in the bottom box, but it's really good, whatever it is. You want to click on that and find that out too. Okay? All right. Um, let's, let's stand, and um, we're done here. And uh, we're going to pray, and, um, and then uh, Rob's going to.
play music that you, as you're walking out, okay? All right. Father, I do ask that, that your Holy Spirit, right this week, will just put it in our heart, in our mind, to write our story, to take the time to do it, and um, God, uh, guide, guide us in, in doing it for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks, everybody.